We're learning now about the Aseris of Debris. The Sirtzach, the Signav, the Alter Rebbe in Parshas Bamidbar in Lekutu Teirim, where he talks about Matan Teirim, he discusses the Aseris of Debris and he describes the event of Matan Teirim. He says, Matan Teirim was a time when there was a, an, an incredible revelation. What Hashem revealed at Matan Teirim is how the world, reality, is from the perspective of Torah. Torah as the expression of Hashem's will is not merely a set of instructions of do's and don'ts. Torah is the blueprint of the world, the blueprint of creation. So there's the world itself, the reality of the world is deeply tied with the Bidarats and Hashem, the will of Hashem as expressed through Torah. So creation the way it is within the context of Torah, the context of Hashem's will, it is totally in sync with Hashem's will. The reality of the world is totally in sync with how Hashem wants the world to be. There's no disparity between what the world is and what Hashem's will is. The world is totally uh, incidental and betachlas abitel to Hashem's will. And that's what the Jews felt when they were at Har Sinai. They saw the world through the lens of, the, of the, this great revelation of Hashem's infinite will that was revealed through the Teresa Debris, and that's what caused them to be in such a high, lofty state of Bittal. But after Hamat and Teresa, especially after the Chet HaEgel, the Jews fell to a much lower level. So now we need to recapture that reality. Hashem wants us to bring that view of the world, the way that the world is seen within the context of Torah, that should be revealed here, down, here, below. And that's what heaven Mashiach comes. As the Medrash says, when somebody will try to pull off a date from a tree on Shabbos, in the time of Mashiach, the date itself will scream and say, Shabbos Ayyem. In other words, the reality of the world itself will be totally in sync with what Hashem wants. It says Al-Tarebbe like this, when the world is seen within the context of Torah, the context of Hashem's will, and Hashem's will, infinite will, is revealed, like by Matan Torah, so the Ten Commandments, ought to be read, not as an instruction. You may not do it. You're forbidden to do something but rather as a statement of reality. This act, the Geneva, is is impossible, is inconceivable. In a world like this, which is totally in sync and totally subsumed by Hashem's will, the concept of anything that is Heiperhotz and Hashem is completely inconceivable. So Loisirtzach reads, you cannot murder. And Loisirtzach means... You cannot steal, or you will not steal. It's it's not it's not it's not possible. But then later, when it came after the Chet Eagle, then the reading, the interpretation of those commandments changed. Instead of saying you cannot do it, it became a possibility. Yes, we can. Unfortunately, this was the 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 level that we were at at the time, where the Yitzhak was there. We we had the ability to go against Hashem's will. We didn't see the world quite 
through that lens of Hashem's will, and we could conceive of a world which is not necessarily in sync with how Hashem wants it to be. So there, the 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 the, the Loisasa, the Ten Commandments are to be read. Loisignoiv, you're not allowed to. You may not steal. Incidentally, they say from the Kotzker, I think somebody came to the Kotzker and, and they spoke about somebody stole money. The Kotzker said, Hi, stealing money? How could he steal money when it says Leisignev? And the person who was a child at the time, later became a, one of the Gdeli Yisrael, said that from that moment he heard the Kotzker saying Leisignev, how can a Jew steal if it says Leisignev? It, it, it had such a deep, a deep impact on him. That the idea of stealing is so absurd, so inconceivable, because he understood, he heard how this commandment is being revealed and exposed from the perspective of Ratzon Hashem. That the, the reality of the world cannot possibly exist outside the framework of Hashem's will. And Alter Rebbe says, this is what we're doing now, is to try to recapture and to reunite the world with its the way it is from the perspective of Torah, the way it is from the perspective of Hashem's infinite will. Interestingly enough, this is a very strong connection to Indian and Nigla de Torah. There's a famous debate in the Gemara and Tumura between Rav and Abaya. It's a fundamental disagreement about mitzvahs that we're not allowed to do, certain things we can't do. Luisase. I'll give an example. A Kohen cannot marry a Grusha. Now, here we have a legal act. Somebody gives the woman a Kiddushin. And we're talking about an act which bears a legal consequence. Marriage. A man gives a woman a ring. It's not just an act. It's a transaction. As a result of this act, they become married. There's a legal reality created from that act. What if the act and that legal reality are against Hashem's will. Hashem says a coin can't marry Grusha, but he marries her anyways. He's in violation of the law that a coin should marry Grusha. The question is, is she married or not? Or is action successful at creating that legal, that legal consequential reality? Rav says, If Torah says you may, you may not do something, it's, it's impossible that your actions will be successful at creating the desired results, the desired legal results. Um, Abai says, of course it works. And the proof is that we're punishing. If you say that his actions don't bear any uh, consequences and they're not successful and they're not effective, that he didn't commit any Averis. The whole Averis is contingent on it creating something. If, if the Kayan's marriage to this Grusha is a totally benign act, it doesn't create any legal reality, then what's the Avera? It's like giving us just an object f- for no reason. There's no Avera here. So Bai argues you have to say that the actions are effective in creating their desired results, even though they go against Hashem's will, because otherwise why would we punish Him? And Rav says no. If Hashem says he can't do it, then the, the actions cannot be successful. They cannot create their desire, desired legal results. The reason we punish him is for the attempt. The attempt to want to go against Hashem's will. 
Now, the Gemara there discusses that in, from numerous sources where we see either a challenge to Abai's position or to Rav's position, in the end, the Gemara says that it turns out that there's very little difference in practicality between Abai and Rav. But be it as it may, there are some differences. In some cases where Abai would say that the actions are uh, effective, and Rav would say, no, it's not effective. There's a big debate how the Rambam Paskins, like Abaya, like Rav. But it's a classic question. There's a Gemara in Tzalocha that a Sheikhet B'Shabbos, somebody shechts an animal on Shabbos, although it's a violation of Shabbos, but the Shechit is kosher. It's a kosher Shechita. The question is, if the Torah says you're not allowed to kill an animal, why would the actions be kosher? According to Rav, it should be loy mahana. should not be effective. So there's a classic answer from the Maharit, which everybody cites. He says, when does Rav say that if you do something against Hashem's will, your actions cannot be fruitful in creating the uh, consequential legal results? And here with Shechita, we would say that the behemoth would not be kosher now, because the Shechita wasn't valid. It was only against Hashem's will. That we only say that if by negating the effectiveness of the act, we're actually reversing the sin also. For example, with the Koinu Meres Grusha, just using it as an example. If we say that his Kedushin are not valid, then he, we have reversing the sin. He had, the very is that he shouldn't be married to a, to a divorcee. If we negate the Kedushin, then there's no Avera here. That's when Rava says, if you can reverse the Avera through canceling the effectiveness of the act, then we do so. But whenever the, 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 the sin will not be resolved, even if you cancel, invalidate the act. For example, Shita B'Shabbos. Somebody shechts on Shabbos, is Chayef. He was over in the Malacha B'Shabbos. If we cancel the validity of the Shechita, he still killed an animal. The violation is taking the life of a living being. It doesn't have to be through Shechita. So, since you cannot reverse the sin, the transgression, by saying, Loi Mahana, in that case we say Mahana, because it doesn't make a difference. So, your actions are effective, even according to Rav. That's the Marit's famous thing. But then there is another question, which the Marit here doesn't help. For example, if somebody gives a get to a woman, and the get is written on a substance which is also bahanoa, forbidden to benefit from, or whatever, it's made from something which, a substance that the Torah forbids a Jew from having any benefit from. And he uses that to write a get on and gives it to the wife. Now, divorcing with such an uh, uh, object is against Jewish law because you're benefiting by divorcing her with it. So do, does that cancel the get? Is the get not valid because you use a substance which Torah says you're not to benefit from and you're benefiting by, by divorcing her? The halacha is that it's a valid get. The question is according to Rava. Why would it be a valid get? And here the, the Marit's answer doesn't help us because... 
if you were to reverse the validity of the get and say she's not divorced, then you do reverse the sin. The transgression is being reversed. Because if she's not divorced, then he didn't benefit from it, so he didn't violate. So why is it get to get? And Rabbi Kiva Eger, in a tshuva, and the Minchas Chinuch on his own, came up with the same brilliant idea, a very creative way of understanding Rav's position. Rav says that when you go against Hashem's will, your actions cannot be successful at creating a legal reality. Says Rabbi Kiva Eger, in the Minchas Chinuch, that the Pshat is like this. Rav says, when Torah says a Kayin should not marry a divorcee, a Gushem, when Torah says, Loisikach, Torah doesn't say you may not. The way to read a, a negative commandment, a Loisas in the Torah, is not that the Torah says not allowed to, but you cannot. Torah says you cannot, it's not effective. That is the meaning of the Posik. Now, this interpretation in the Posik, you can only use. If the lotase is very specific against a certain specific act, for example, with grusha, with a coin marrying a, a grusha, Torah says a coin is not allowed to marry a grusha. So if he does it, it's not valid. Why? Because when the Torah says don't marry the grusha, Torah means to say you cannot. That's how you read the pasuk. Or the Gemara wants to know about tmura. If somebody says that an animal that's consecrated for a carb, you're not allowed to switch it with another animal. Right? So the Gemara wants to say that according to Rav, if somebody does switch and is in violation of that mitzvah, then the other animal will not be consecrated. It will not be effective. You cannot transfer the Kedusha from one animal to the other, according to Rav. The reason why the Gemara makes the suggestion that according to Rav it shouldn't work, is because the Torah says very specifically, don't switch one animal to another. Don't try to transfer the Kedusha of one animal to the other animal. So therefore, it shouldn't work. Because the way you read it is, Torah says you cannot switch it. It's not effective. It's not successful. But whenever the Torah says a general mitzvah, for example, even by Shabbos, um, the Torah says you can't shecht on Shabbos. It doesn't, the Torah doesn't say you can't shecht. The Torah says you can't take the life of an animal, which includes shechting or non-shechting. So therefore, you can't read that the Torah is saying, don't shecht, that means you cannot shecht, that your shechita is not valid. The Torah never says you can't shecht. The Torah says you can't take the life of an animal. It's a very general mitzvah that includes shechita and many other forms of killing an animal. So it's not possible to read you can't shecht or you can't kill the animal. What means I can kill, the animal is dead. It's a, killing an animal is not a legal concept. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a physical reality. The same thing is true with, with, with a get. A get which is written on Isura and Noah. The reason Rav in this case would say that the get is valid, although by reversing the, 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 the validity of the, um, of the divorce, we will actually reverse the sin. Because the Torah never says, don't give a get which is made from Isura and Noah. Torah says you can't benefit, it's a general mitzvah, not to benefit from Yisur Noah. So, therefore, uh, what it infers is that if you take a get from Yisur Noah, you're not allowed to divorce, because you're benefiting from it. 
since he cannot read this in the Torah, that means you have to read in the Torah that you may not do it, not that you cannot do it. Therefore, Rav says, Mahanet works. And he says that all of the cases in the Gemara there in Tumura is all about cases where the Torah says something, a specific act is forbidden. This relates a little bit to what the Alter Rebbe says. The Alter Rebbe says that Torah, the way it is, by Hashem, in Lamaila, in, in the heavens, there the Torah speaks and dictates the reality. It says, it's impossible, it's inconceivable for a world of Hashem to have these kinds of activities. It's, it's inconceivable. As in the time of Shiach, Shabbos Ayyem. In some mitzvahs, the Torah revealed the way things are from Hashem's perspective. From Hashem's perspective, you cannot do certain things. In certain mitzvahs, that aspect is more, is more concealed. And we need to reveal it through our Veda. But it will help us give a, a greater um, enjoyment and, a, and a appreciation of what Rabbi Kiva is saying.